This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, To The Point listeners. It is your boy, Chris Yano, and I am live again. This is podcast numero dos at the ACA Conference 2022 in St. Louis. And I've got a couple of guys I've known for a lot of years sitting with me on the podcast. So I'm really excited about it. I got to share the stage with one of them today on the uh, contractor forum panel um, with another good friend of mine, podcast guest and also customer, Mr. Ken Goodrich. But I have Lee and Michael Rosenberg. Hey, who have been, we have had a partnership for how many years? Like seven? Is it seven? I think it's close to maybe eight, eight years. Yeah. Eight years. I remember meeting you at the, at the carrier meeting. Dude, I still remember, like we talked about this a couple of times. Um, we met, I was giving a presentation on the floor. I was, where, was it the Spurs? Is yeah, that where it we're was at? the AT&T Center, I believe. I was on in the middle of the floor, which was already difficult enough because of the echo. And then I feel my back pocket, my phone buzzing. While I'm giving my presentation, I walk off from giving my presentation and I look and it was Michael Rosenberg. <laughs> do you remember that? I do remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> you were already like out. But I was, I'll never forget that because I was like, oh my gosh, like that uh, was the first time somebody had like messaged me right in the middle of the presentation and I had my phone in my pocket, so I felt the buzzing. No, I enjoyed the, your presentation and I was impressed and I wanted to talk to you about doing business I and know we've been I, doing business ever since. I love it. And I'm grateful for you guys too. And it's even more exciting for me to have you guys, you know, on here too. And, and Lee, like you and I got to share the stage. I got to hear your story. I didn't even know about the blue dot days. I didn't know about any of those things. So like I've met so many different guys from Kenny Haynes and Geiger and Charlie Haynes and like just all the different people, but did not know that that was part of your history. So I'm excited for our listeners to kind of understand a little bit more of the depth of, of Rosenberg, which is now uh, Rosenberg indoor comfort, right? Correct. Actual Correct. Name. Rosenberg and, indoor comfort. And these guys are down in San Antonio, Texas. Um, now you, did you start this business in 74? No. Dang it. No. Did the business start in 74? No. Okay. Strike two. Why don't you tell me? Tell me a little bit about it. Hey, I do know this. Before you go there, I do know that you guys were the 2021 ACA Residential Contractor of the Year. That's correct. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Did Thank you, you guys I'm very know, proud of it. Fun fact that we had... Um, you guys, as, as partners of ours, customers of ours, who won the residential, and then our other partner of ours, customer of ours, is H.B. McClure that won the commercial. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. That was a pretty good year yeah. for the Rhino family. We're pretty excited about that. Very cool. <clears throat> but welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you guys on here. And Lee, if you don't mind, man, just go ahead and let our listeners know a little bit about, like, one, you know, since I butchered, like, when the business started, I thought it was 74. I guess I was wrong. Maybe go ahead and just share like how you got into the trades and then, you know, Michael, just kind of chime in whenever you want to, but just a little bit of how you guys got into the trades and then let's walk through the business, maybe some, a little bit of your history and then all the way up to where it's at today. And if I interrupt you along the way, it's because I'm trying to pull more information out of you. Is that fair? Sounds good. Okay, go great. for it. Yeah, I can tell you that I graduated the University of Texas in Austin as an electrical engineer. I'm a registered PE. And when I got out of college, I went to work for a large corporation out of New York, uh, and I was in research and development in telecommunications. R&D. Yep. And I developed coaxial cable for cable television and patented it for the company. And after two years, we decided to go into the manufacture of the product. And I moved to Wisconsin and built and ran a manufacturing facility 24-7, 365, <laughs> for about five years. And then 
ended up building another one in upstate New York. And I got really, really fed up with the big corporate environment and the big corporate snow, horrible women, <laughs> and decided I was time to move back. And I'm a native of San Antonio. Okay. Uh, a friend knew a friend who was in the heating and air conditioning business. And he happened to call me and said, you know, if you're considering a change of career, why don't you think about the air conditioning business? I've got this friend who wants somebody for sales and engineering. So we got together in San Antonio. The company was uh, relatively small, doing residential new construction. What year? 1974. 74. That's where the 74 came got it. from. Okay. So I, I did sales and engineering. I didn't know anything about air conditioning, but I went to the library and checked out a book. I read the book. <laughs> Card thought, catalog? Yeah, and I figured I could, <laughs> I could do this and built the company to about $9 million a year. And that was in, um, well, I left there in 1985. Okay. Uh, after attending an ACCA conference uh, and met a guy and determined that the company I was working for was really not making uh, any money, not profitable. But I was paid well, so I really wasn't complaining. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I was making about 85000 a year then. Anyway, I uh, went to work for them. Finally, I, I quit, and we started our first company in 1986. Okay. Uh, during the Texas economy was going blah, and uh, it was tough. It was really, really tough. So you thought, hey, the economy's bad. This sounds like a great time to start a business. I, I remember when they started the business, it was pretty stressful. <laughs> a lot of, lot of fighting going on, and yeah. it, was, it was tough yeah, in, our, it, in our household. Yeah, yeah, it was a tough time. But uh, through, I joined an ACCA mixed group with some very successful contractors, um, and we climbed out of the hole, and built it up, and we became very profitable. And in 1998, we were one of the founding companies of Blue Dot. Got it. And for about the first year and a half or two, it, it went pretty well. But then they were going to take it public, and it fell out of favor, and it croaked, and the corporate people started just lying and whatever. It got ugly. Yeah, yeah it got yep. ugly. How do you like that? Yeah. And um, so I decided to stop and became the co-founder of Service Nation and served as its chairman uh, with Matt Michelle over a period of 10 years. I did not know that. Yeah. And then we decided, oh, uh, we, uh, Blue Dot wanted to give us the business back or actually pay, pay us. Pay you to take it back? Pay us to take it back. That's and, unique. And we kicked them out of our building and 19 years ago, last week, we started over. And focus, laser focus on top line, bottom line, but mostly bottom line. Yeah. And we've been very profitable over many, many years. So you guys are a bit, um, residential add-on replacement service? like We are, we are residential service, replacement, and plan maintenance, and commercial. commercial. Light, and commercial. Light commercial. Light, Light commercial. commercial. We do right. no new construction, and we are uh, today probably a little heavier on the residential side. Got it. And that's... No plans on changing that anytime soon. That's no, kind of no, the model. No, we like the commercial side. It's, it makes the seasonality better. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you don't and you don't want to do a new construction because you like to get paid. No, we like margin. Yeah, we like profitability. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have Both. a. We don't. <laughs> you know, on the commercial side, we do have to carry accounts, but we're very cautious. And our our other partner, Betsy, is she's credit and collections, and I think last year we wrote off about six hundred dollars. Oh wow! She says no. We got some of that back, but she what does. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things, parts of our success on that is we run a credit check on all new commercial accounts. Got it. And we don't just do business with people. 
without knowing their credit history. Right up so front. That's been, yeah. Yeah, right up yeah. front. Yeah. Do, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like your uh, like your risk assessment is yeah. yeah. How what's okay, gotcha. Absolutely. All right, sure, makes sense. <clears throat> I love yeah. like commercial business, by the way. It's always good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, th- there's another side to that. Some companies are strictly residential. And we have a situation where if a technician that we grow, and we grow our own, basically, if he has an opportunity to cross over to the commercial side, it's, it's rewarding to him. So they're able to go back and forth. And we've never laid off an employee for lack of work, ever. Yeah, I heard you say that this morning. I never. thought that was amazing. I, I was like, I don't know that I've ever heard that before. It's because of the diversification of our business. You know, when it's... <laughs> Nice and nice weather in San Antonio. We have the commercial maintenances that our residential guys can, can work with, you know, and, and uh, it, it really, it has helped us grow over the years. Yeah, diversification, gain to give you that stability and you can carry the, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, good for you. That's fantastic. I, I um, you know, the kind of the world that I live in has always been the add-on replacement and service world. Like that's, that's really been my hyper focus. Um, I do have some of our contractors that we got to like commercial for, but it's somewhat difficult to get. Usually the cost per lead is fairly, like fairly high. It's just unpredictable for me. <clears throat> so commercial is not, not Your my forte. thing. Yeah. Not my thing. Um, I just prefer to stay, stay in my lane, if you will. Sure, I mean, yeah. we've been doing this for seven, some like seven, eight years, whatever it's been. And that's all we've ever focused on. And you actually like, I mean, if you think about how long ago that was, this business or my business looked significantly different than that it does today. But I'm literally doing the exact same stuff, the yeah, same I, things over and over and every day. Yeah, I couldn't believe you had, what, over 100 employees. 140. Right? When I met you, it wasn't that many. No, it was like maybe, yeah. you know, 20 and maybe yeah, at best yeah, somewhere around there at that point in time. Um, just kind of keeping my nose down and kind of making sure, like, uh, you know, I, I focus on what do the contractors want from me? Um, are we providing service leads, install leads, you know, in plumbing, drain cleaning, sewer lines, whatever it is, and just tracking it, measuring it. It's just, I think the the valuable lesson I learned early on was that if I just track everything, then it takes all the guesswork and the thinking or feeling out of it, and it's facts. Are we performing? Are we not performing? And at what cost are we performing? And can I scale those things? And it just took me a long you know, way. I think some of this was kind of dumb luck, mainly because I didn't really know um, – if I could take on another vertical, because the bandwidth for HVAC alone was difficult, just because of the swings of shoulder seasons. But hey, it worked out. I'm grateful for it. Now here we are, here all these years later. Well, that's great. So, um, one, I want to just say congratulations on your guys' success. You have a phenomenal name in the business, a well-respected name in the business. It's reputable. So I commend you guys for that. I'm, I'm grateful to have been a part of a little baby piece of that all these all these years. Um, but it is neat for me to see like the family aspect of this. Like you brought up Betsy, you know, who I tried to get her to come on here and she ran, she ran away from here. She didn't not want to be on the <laughs> podcast. Um, she would have been excellent. I have no doubt. I have no she doubt. actually she, does our, our, our radio spots. Does she? Yeah. When we, when we shoot radio spots. Why was she shying away? This was like, this was her moment to well, come I, in I can, and shine. I can tell you when she's, <laughs> when she looked in here and she saw a bottle of water, she said, if that was a Cosmo, I would have done, done it. Yeah. Done. We could have yeah. made that happen. I could have sent a runner up there to get, to get that done. <laughs> Um, you know, something I always like to talk about then too is, I mean, you, you kind of went through your history, like, you know, fairly, fairly quick. And there's so much, you know, in there, of course, that like you could have probably went down multiple different paths, but as the business sits today, um, where are you guys at in regards to just size of the business? Uh, we are, we have 46 employees and, um, we're, we're looking to grow. 
We're looking to continue to grow uh, profitably, um, organically, and um, you know we, w- we don't want to grow too fast where it uh, gets out of control. But uh, we've grown every year. We've grown quite a bit. Last year we grow grew almost thirty percent. Yeah, that's and, fantastic. Uh, and it, it went well even through the all the headaches with uh, COVID. A lot of headwinds. Well, ahead. yeah, a lot of headwinds. I will, yeah, I mean, um, I will say this, though, and you guys tell me you can agree or disagree, but my opinion is, because I'm a silver lining kind of guy, is I was really grateful that during COVID that the our industry was exposed for what it really is, and that is an essential business. Like, And it was it was a really good for all of our, everyone else to kind of see who might have been struggling, like restaurants or gyms, all these things that were shutting down Well. San Antonio, Texas. If it's if, if it's hot, it's hot. It's and People there's no air conditioning. Call. They somebody's calling. It's just which one are they going to call? And that's when I had to like pivot, throw the uh, badges on these websites with the, like you guys have on your site with the mask, no contact service call to kind of t- alleviate the uh, alleviate the the fear or whatever sure. it would be, and then still get you in the house to do the job. Well, you know, as you know, a lot of people worked from home last year and the year before. So people were in their house using their air conditioning and they needed us. They weren't afraid to have yeah. us in there. to, And uh, so that definitely was good. Well, good for our industry. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I mean, I'm in Phoenix. So like we, same it's the thing. same. It was the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It was like, hey, uh, somebody's still if it's 110 degrees, out, 115 degrees, out, somebody's still going to need to get in there and take care of business. Somebody's going to do it if it's not. you. So we kind of, you know, we took the approach of let's just go all in on this thing because people, the trades are going to increase. So I think that what was great about it. And, and now that we've seen, you know, when this hit, this is when the whole private equity game went berserk because people who were not diversified enough, kind of to your point on your guys' services is like, Oh wow. Okay. Well, these ones are essentially pandemic proof at this point, you know, sure, <laughs> um, sure. You know, somewhat recession proof if you're not new construction, you know, cause even in, I, I started this business in, in uh, 08, I mean, think about what time that was, but it was great because it was a, a, a moment where a lot of contractors maybe hadn't uh, to that point really adopted internet marketing and maybe were a little hesitant because they were sure. Well, then when that happened, it was like, okay, I guess we better try some new things. Kind of like what happened during COVID, like the virtual sales call. Would you have ever in your lifetime thought that was going to be a thing, a virtual sales call? No. Yeah. No. There are a lot, a lot of changes. And some executed it great and some not so much, but at least it was an option. It was an pivot that you had to do to try and like, you know, service the customer. But it was a novel idea. It was. And I don't think it's as much anymore, but no, it works. No. Um, I want to ask you, though, you know, along the, the path, and I'm not sure kind of what the day to day looks like for for, for each of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but was there and I guess I can ask this to both of you um, and you can just answer it as you want. But. I'm always really interested in somebody's growth plan on when things actually like started to click. Like you, you, you feel like, okay, man, I've learned a few things. I made a few mistakes. I'm kind of moving through the business. We're good. We're profitable. Um, when, you know, was there a moment, I guess I'll start with you, Michael. Was there a moment when things like just started to click and you're like, aha, I get it. I understand. Like, did you have, yeah. do you know that moment? Yeah. I'd say a couple things. One is I learned that I needed to delegate more and, you know, hire the right people. And uh, once we had the right people and I was uh, open to delegating more of what I was doing, I was able to work on the business and I worked on a lot of the marketing. And that's my favorite part of the business, honestly, is the marketing piece. And I was able to figure out, you know, like you guys find 
resources to, to handle different pieces of our business, our PPC, SEO, direct mail, uh, TV, um, all that stuff. And I found the right people and I was able to, you know, not have to work on things that I was always working on, on the everyday thing, but I was able to kind of watch the, and work on the marketing side of the business. And that really helped us grow, especially on the residential side, residential replacement side. And we saw in our, we started to build our brand and, uh, with our TV spots and, um, you know, and then, uh, it just kind of grew from there. That's the, I'd say is the point where I saw, Hey, it's growing, it's growing yeah. the right way. So enough of the like consistency and doing the things. And you finally started to recognize that, that when you look at the PL or the balance sheets, things are starting to follow suit. Yeah, I mean, the brand so. equity is a big, is a key ingredient to the success of really all things marketing and even recruiting, you know, for, for technicians. Oh, for sure. For sure. The brand. And if you have a good reputation, I, I realized that reviews were really important and driving reviews uh, to our business. People look at reviews. We get a lot of calls. They say, Hey, you guys have really good reviews. That's why we called you. And uh, perfect. That's how you grow. Yeah. How about you, Lee? When was there? When was, I mean, well, was there a couple different moments there? Well, I can tell you, first of all, that I'm, I'm very anal. I'm an engineer. Okay. I'm good with numbers. And I, I learned a long time ago that you have to know your numbers cold. So before we started our very first business. Hey, when you say cold, you what got do you mean? Accurate, timely, uh, departmentalized. Um, and we had a budget before we started the first company. Through that process, we got better better at it. And we don't start a new year until we have a line item zero-based budgeting budget. We track budget to actual every month. And we also look at a lot of trends, like direct labor trends by department. Uh, we're very focused on top line, of course, but more importantly, the bottom line. Yeah. And even though we're not huge, we've always been quite profitable. And you're in, that's the game that you're in. Yeah. Okay. And of course, we have plenty of working capital, so it, it can finance whatever we do. Because so, obviously on the commercial accounts, we do have to carry them. Yeah. Uh, for a certain period of time, but it's not a problem. Um, the mix group, ACCA mix group, yeah. that did it. I learned how profitable this business is if you run it like a business. And unfortunately, there's technicians, some very successful, running a business, owning a business, but many of them think it's easy to run a business. The tools you need to run a business successfully and profitably that's a different tool pouch. So there's a lot of things. And we continue to learn. I've already learned some things here in St. Louis since I've been here since Sunday afternoon. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. I learned all some this thing. time, years, all the things you've been involved in later. Yeah. I learned some things. Never stop learning. The panel that we did today, I learned some things. Oh, yeah? I've already made myself some notes. You know what? For being an engineer, he's an awfully extrovert. Because <laughs> most you don't even know. Are... <laughs> yeah. yeah, just ask Michael. You'll never know. I love it. Well, so do, would you mind sharing if, if one of the things that may, that you learned or that piqued your interest or anything that you heard on that panel today? I'm just curious to know what well, it is. I think I heard some things about leadership. Yeah. I also heard it from the, the folks that were on the panel that everybody's doing something a little different. Yeah. Every company has its own culture. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. 
lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem, live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Uh, and I know there's all kinds of ways to produce profits, business mix, philosophy, pricing, you know, we're going through a period right now. I've never seen the inflation the way it is. Right. And where we used to look at costs on materials, as an example, every six months, we're doing it uh, day, uh, not daily. Well, sort of daily. But every month we're looking at standard cost variances and pushing up price increases as we need to. Yeah, for sure now, because like anymore, it seems like it's happening so frequently. Yeah, the equipment manufacturers are pushing it out like crazy. Well, but here's the deal. Everybody's dealing with it. So I guess the best way to win that game is to be hyper-focused on like those financials faster, I guess sooner to kind of understand. I think the on. biggest problem is competition, and our competition is us. It's the contractors that don't understand the financials, and they just don't understand their costs, and they're not able to push out prices. You think that's a super? That's a that's a very com- like a more common issue. Oh, it's totally, Oh, yeah. it's always been that way. Yeah, with financials. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. What do you think, Michael? Yeah. Um, what, what was your question? You, you, I mean, just in, in regards to like, um, like with this whole deal with inflation, um, everybody's dealing with it. So that, like I hear it and I know it's just some won't get through it because some probably don't Absolutely. really understand. Their totally. And it's not the people here. I mean, there's no. people here, but it's the people that aren't here that don't make the time to come here and learn how to be profitable. It's ever it's all the other contractors that don't know how to price up replacements and we run into it every day where we're you know we lose a job because there's so much less and next thing you know they're out of business you know and and it's tough this is the whole reason that i started this podcast by the way it was was to try and be like that olive branch to maybe those who maybe they want to come they can't they they don't think they can afford to come they don't think it's worth it because they don't really understand yet like like ken goodrich was just on here earlier and he talked about same thing like in the 90s of him coming he had 800 bucks he was like, that was it. And he decided to go to NACA conference. And that was kind of a shift, you know, in his sure. model. And he's still attending, still learning today, still taking notes today. Like he came and sat here and showed me a few notes that he had, had taken, mm-hmm. just like you said. So there's like this little common theme going on here that you're constantly learning and tr- constantly trying to, g- to get better is what I'm hearing. That's yeah, cool. I learned, uh, you know, one of the things I picked up today was I need to do more management training for my managers, you know, send them to more management um, seminars, yep. make them stronger. So I heard somebody tell me this one time that stuck. And as we've grown, you know, I, I try to be a student of the business as well. So I've kind of learned business by being in it. Um, and so the, the podcast has actually given me so much education because I've done 100 and I don't even know how many, 110 or 12 or 15 episodes. But I've learned so many things from some really intelligent people on these podcasts. So even though we're in different ind- industries, business is business. Like we're, sure. we're starting to understand things, but I did the same thing. So Ken had pushed me into using maps, this map consulting. Right. Yeah, that's about. what I listened to. Yeah. So I, I wrote sent, down. So I sent Michael, I sent Mike, who, you know, uh-huh. to it to just learn, but somebody had, uh, and he loved it by the way. He mentioned that to me. He I ran into it. him down there yeah. in the trade show. He mentioned that he loved it. And so, but it was something that um, I heard and I cannot remember for the life of me who told me on this podcast. I, I knew who it was. It was a guy named Tom Howard um, who had said that, they, he was putting all of his employees 
including the janitors, if, like the, down to the janitors, maybe that was a figure of speech, but um, all of his employees through a leadership training. Now it was internal, like he created it because he does leadership training, but he did leadership training for all of his employees to try and get them to think like leaders, even if they're not in a leadership position. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great idea. It's, yeah. yeah, if you can have the, I mean, maybe you're not sending your entire staff to like a map consulting, but if you could bring somebody in to start to th- maybe teach even the fundamentals of, of leadership, even if they're not truly leaders, at least it gets them thinking more like leadership, which can only make them better at their job, right? And, and right. better as a human being and, and their professional life and their personal life, all those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Makes them more confident and uh, know how to handle situations better. Because like you'd said, you had to, part of this, you know, one of these things that helped you click was this being being willing to delegate. Yes. And in order to delegate, you got to have some confidence in that person or persons that you're delegating to. Absolutely. To, to continue to bring the business with them, uphold the values, all the things, right? And then um, what kind of follows, you guys have kind of been on this like, you know, where, where Ken is like uh, massive growth, super fast, goes like, that's not how you guys function, but the technician side of this thing is still equally as important. So you have your great brand in the market to ride on, which is great. That's certainly helpful in recruiting. But you, you know, you were talking a little bit about this earlier on stage, just about like, you know, acquiring talent, bringing in, you know, bringing in technicians and things like that. What is your guys' strategy to keep up with that? Well, just I making can, sure we have, pe- you know, bodies to chase down the volume and, and, and keep going. I can, I can talk about that. So we have a build-a-tech program, an internal build-a-tech program, and we've built relationships with, four of the trade schools in San Antonio and uh, serve on several of their boards. We bring in these, I call them kids, but some of them are, you know, older than me. And uh, they come in and we, we hire them and they uh, start, some of them start in our parts runner position where, you know, they're running around, you know, picking up parts. We see if they're reliable, see if they show up for work, see if they take directions well. And, uh, and then we promote them into the Build-A-Tech program where they're writing with senior guys. They go through the office and learn the paperwork side. They work, the, they learn about, you know, how we do sales leads and uh, they go through throughout the office. So they learn how we do things. Um, they don't have bad habits. And uh, before you know it, it could be four months, six months. Some of them taking a year. We determine how, what are they good at? Are they good at commercial or residential? What do they like? And then we stick them in a truck, we promote them, and then they go out there and they take care of our customers. And I'll tell you, probably 75% of our field people today were, came through our Build-A-Tech program. And uh, I don't know how we would be where we're at without that Build-A-Tech program. And Tom, our, our vice president, built a lab. He built a lab at our office, and uh, we use that lab to train them. We use that lab actually as well. When people come in and they interview with us, we show them the lab and it's impressive and it helps us with recruitment. Got it. Technicians love training. Yeah. Did you say, I can't remember if you said this or not, but um, maybe you alluded to that you will hire the human being first Uh and then train, train the skill after. So you kind of put them through like you're in a parts running truck. It doesn't, doesn't take a lot of skill set to figure out how to run that, but you can see how they, um, how they do it. Like, how are they, how are they upholding themselves? Like, what are their values? Are they coming? Are they on time? Are they reliable? All the things like the core functionality, the basics of a good human being. Hire for attitude, train for aptitude. That's what it was. Dang it. That sounds so much better. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. (laughs) It sounds way better. I appreciate you bailing me out at the very end. So you took me all the way through it. At least I remembered it. See, see, I I took something away as well. I I have to go back and reference that piece of it. Um, 
I don't know if you, if Mike told you this too, but that's something we started doing as well. Is we we noticed that with the contractors trying to do this build, you know, build their own tech program, as we started doing it internally for us as well. I mean, we created Rhino University, Rhino U, and now we're trying to incubate our own employees as well. Bring them in, hire for the human being, the heart, the, like the are they good people, um, and then teach them the skill. So. It's Where do a, you get your people from? You get them from uh, every, school? I mean, we try. We try. Um, we get them from all over. We don't actually don't have a, it, you know, how, you know how you guys will get, um, if, if you were to put a, an application, you know, a, a res, or a, excuse me, a posting out for a technician, you'll get a ton of applicants, but like really none of them are hireable. Yeah. The majority aren't hireable or even yeah. worse, the interview. We get a little bit of that too. <clears throat> um, but ours isn't as bad as, as yours. Like it's, it's a little easier to teach someone our skill versus that technical skill. It's, it is different. Understood. Like it's a little bit less. Oh, yeah. So we have a bigger pool to choose from. And where the difference is, is that, you know, we have plenty of remote employees now, which is like completely, like, which is totally acceptable, like to have virtual employees. I don't, I don't love it, but we have some really, really great people that are, that are virtual. A lot of KPIs in place to just kind of measure to your, from your engineer brain is it, it would be, you have lots of measurable things in place to make sure that they're uh, proficient sure. <laughs> in their jobs. Sure. Um, so I want to tell you guys this too. Um, I noticed that whenever I was um, just kind of doing a little prep for this too, something that's probably good to help you guys with recruiting is that you won the, uh, was it 2021 um, top places to work at San Antonio award? I saw that. We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. The way that that works, which I love is, it's a neutral company that actually goes to all your employees and they survey the employees. We don't know what the responses are. They, they ask our employees, how do you feel about working for the company? And it asks all kinds of other questions. There's like 30 questions. And then um, they put us against like-sized companies in San Antonio and they rank us. And then we, uh, you know, we won the last couple of years. We were uh, in the top, uh, last year we were in the top eight, I think, um, small out companies of, in San Antonio. Out of how many? Um, I don't remember how many, quite I mean, there's, but quite a few, yeah, there are quite a few that are in there and we also get feedback at the same time. They'll give us feedback on some of the things that we need to improve on, you know, um, to make, uh, make our environment as best as possible. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. Thank That's you. fantastic. Thank I feel you. like, um, from the, the employees, uh, giving that raw feedback with no repercussions of it even being negative, negative because they wouldn't know, they don't, you don't know who it is. We don't anyhow. know who it's it anonymous. is. It's, yeah. Um, that says a lot about, about the culture of the business, you know, so congratulations to you. I'm a big culture guy. I love that type of stuff too. Um, and so that's a pretty amazing award to win. I've tried it a few times. Um, and you know what, like I, I get the feedback and as the company grows and we go through this virtual world, it's really hard. I think, probably the most challenging part of my career in the last few years was trying to manage uh, a culture in a virtual world that became Ugh. extremely difficult um, because you can't get the same connection. No. Yeah. You don't stop by their offices and say hi and see how things are going. You can't do it, do that. Yeah. And, and, and even the, even like the newer, um, like the newer employees that had come in had, uh, you know, they would, they didn't, understand how accessible like maybe the management or the leadership team really is like because they maybe they came in from a place that wasn't like that because we're not there in person they don't realize no though no, it's really like we that open door policy is legit it's like that door is open you can come in anytime so um during covid when i put that when we put that test out there again you know we've got i don't know 80 some 90 some however many that were are filling that out all the full-time employees um to get the feedback on like oh we didn't win because we handled like a COVID um, the wrong way for somebody. It, it was, those are really hard because 
everything else is doing really good, but CDC protocol is difficult enough and everybody's kind of like one way or the other and all this stuff. It was difficult. I can imagine. But the feedback was really good. I mean, it's sometimes difficult to read, but that's how you get better at these things is I'm like, oh, I mean, I don't know everything that happens. No, we don't either. And it is a little bit scary. You know, you're putting yourself out there to receive some criticism, you know, when you have have them do a survey and you get the, the feedback, you know, it's not all good feedback. I mean, it's not all positive feedback. So you're like, you know, you don't want to hear something bad, but it's good to know yeah. so you, you can improve it and get better. Yeah, that's good. And, and I think it's um, like we do this thing. Gosh, this is going to make you cringe. I know it. It is going to make you cringely. Um, and it does me too at times, but it's so good. And it is, we do this thing called um, every year, right, wrong, missing, confusing. Now the, the uh, executive team does it. And we basically say, hey, what's right in the company? What do we think is wrong? What's missing? What's confusing? Four categories. And then we give the same thing to the employees to anonymously put the same thing in. From their perspective, what's right, wrong, missing, confusing? And then we compare to see, are we aligned on what's right, wrong, missing, confusing? Just to have an idea of like, are we on the same page or close to the same page? Like, is there, are we disconnected completely? Sure. The difficult piece of that is, that's three negatives and one positive. You've got right, Yay. But then you've got wrong, missing, confusing, right? Yeah. yeah. So we learned this, what I learned from the first year we did to the second year is I no longer start with right. I end with right. We go through, we go through wrong, missing, confusing, and then we finish with right. Because it's a good idea. Because at least we start to get an idea. And then we, and then what happens is for our annual kickoff meeting, we address these things and we address like, Hey, here's where we may have missed accountability. From the previous year, here's the things that we're going to do to try and fix these things. Like the work from home stuff is something everybody talked about. And I struggle with work from, from home stuff. But we kind of came up with like a, a earn your way to work from home type thing. We give like 30 work from home days, almost like you get you know, floating holidays. Like mm-hmm. trying to be flexible and work to try and maintain culture. Because whether, even though I may not like it, um, I still got to adapt to what's going on today. And in the way, like even if you don't. Even if Gen, like the Gen Z bugs you, you still got to accommodate. Like it's not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. I learned a lot in that, in that seminar and <laughs> that session, but yeah, they all, they think differently and you got to give them certain things differently. You got to give them feedback, you know, quicker. Um, so actually shorter periods of time, but more often the guys like my age, I'm a Gen X, you know, I just, you know, once, once a month is fine. Me too. Yeah, feedback. I'm a Gen OH. <laughs> it's over the hill. No, but I, I, seriously, I think uh, I have a nephew who has just finished being the managing partner of a global law firm based in Houston, and they did a lot of remote. They were they shut the office down, and he worked remotely from Aspen each summer from stuff. Now all of a sudden, some of the partners are saying, "You know, it works so well during the summer. Why don't we just keep doing that instead of going back to the office, and we'll just work from our remote homes or whatever." So he's having some resistance, people coming back to the office. And I think a lot of businesses are going through that. In our office, we remoted one person for two weeks and two people for three months. I was one of those. He wouldn't let us come into the office. Yeah, when COVID first started, you know, my parents are older. I didn't want them to be around the office. I get it. And I had COVID. She had COVID. She had COVID bad. He had COVID. His wife had COVID. One of the boys had COVID. And we had a few employees with COVID. So. Yeah, it is what it is. Yep, same. And we all we, and we we're all healthy yep. today. We made it through. Yep, yep. yep. Um, gosh, is it? Do I do I dare say we're on the tail end of that? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Oh my gosh. Gosh, man, I sure hope so too. Oh. I want to ask 
uh, Lee, just you know, for the sake of time, Duke, so we're already like half hour into this thing. It goes by super fast. Um, is from all your years, your years of experience, and then I want to go ahead and come to you, Michael, too, from your perspective. From your years of experience, seeing lots of things in this industry, not really being a wrench turner, but you're more of the, you see, you're the engineer brain, the financials, the numbers, the analytics, the data, that type of stuff. Um, all the way through today, you know, because you're technically, your, your role is chairman, right? Right. So if you could give a, uh, maybe one or two, like really good pieces of, of advice for like somebody that's kind of new or start like starting out. Cause we have a, quite a few people that are on here who are in a truck driving right now, listening, trying to learn things as they go to a job to go and work it, you know, what are some like good, like fundamental things that, that whomever's driving right now can hear you say that, you know, for a fact will help them scale this business or grow the business the right way, the well, right way. First of all, you'd have to know the financial side of the business. There's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. Yep. And I think that's one thing's very important. I think budgeting is critical. You can plan at the beginning of the year. We plan to the point where it, we, we know what our profit should be at the end of 12 months. And right now we're just, what, three months into it. And we're on track. Well, we're actually ahead of track. But having that budget is very important. Um, I think running a business, honesty, integrity, and professionalism. We do get a few applicants that come in. Some of them say, you know, I got to make a change. It's not my pay. It's not my benefits. The problem is the ethics, the culture, but primarily the ethics of the company where I work. They make me do things, duh, 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 sell things that are not, you know. Got it. So I think that's been one of our main things, honesty, integrity, and professional. Also, we spend quite a bit of time communicating with our people. We have metrics every Tuesday at 11 o'clock. We have a staff meeting for inside every other Friday morning. We have the field all in. So there's a lot of communication with our team. And they know where we are and where we're going. Got it. That's important to know but, where but you're going. But financially, that's the big thing. You've got to know what you're doing. Yeah, and can we just agree that sales isn't always the answer in the beginning? Because people are like, oh, i got you know, got to make sure i got to go and sell so I can make pay. that. That is a uh, that is a bandaid on a bullet hole. <laughs> like you, you gotta know. You have to know, understand and know your numbers. It, it make it if you're listening right now, and you're that you're the one that's trying to sell your way out of situations. I'm telling you, listen to Lee. Stop. Take the time to focus and get your financials together so you can really understand how, what the what the vitals of the business are. Right. And if you don't really know how to do it. You're not alone. There's plenty of people who can help you who are willing to help you figure those things out. There, That is not a dumb question. You shouldn't feel ashamed if you don't know those things. It's a different skill set. Maybe somebody doesn't have. So, I mean, I have, you know, my wife is very, very financially, like she's sound, she's analytical, she's smart. I had to learn these things over time and understand them and have her regurgitate into a way that I could understand. But I was okay to ask for help. And so you really show, you know, so anybody that's listening right now. For a, for a service tech who has migrated into owning a business. Uh, the financial side is a foreign object for most. Technical, great. They love to get technical training, but to some of them, and I, I consulted for over well, three years, I can tell you that technician mentality in many cases is, this is like taking medicine to learn the financial side of the business. Got it. How about you, Michael? What do you think? I would say the big thing is surround yourself with successful people. That's good. Go meet with people, ask questions. If you can be in a mixed group, 
with like-sized companies, uh, learn from them, you know, rub shoulders with, with good people that, that, you know, honest people that know how to run a business. They can tell you their, you know, their issues that they ran into when they started their business. And then, and then second, find good people, you know, find good people to help you, um, honest people that have the same, I guess, culture and, culture and values. And I would just simply say, too, there's a lot of people here, first-timers at this conference, and they've picked up some good ideas. I've told them not to get overwhelmed, but remember, an idea without action is only a dream. So I love that you just said that because I've said this many, many times. I even said it in my presentation yesterday, and you don't know because you weren't there to see it. So you can, so you, you, I use the term ambition without action is useless. Yeah. <laughs> and here's why I say that. Because, well, one, it's, it's true. Mm-hmm. But think about having, you having done consulting for so long um, and been in this industry so long. I've been doing this now 14 years. I've went and give, I would go and give facts. Even when you saw me in San Antonio, I was giving facts that somebody could go take back and implement in their business with zero to minimal expense. I'm talking minimal and they, I'm telling you fact after fact, year after year after year. And 95% of people sitting in that room will still go back and do nothing. I it. agree. Yeah. Nothing. That's right. So, you know, whenever I, you also missed it because I had you guys in my presentation. Um, I also, I love talking about that 95.5 rule because it's my way of trying to push every single year to get somebody to not be in that 95%, but maybe kick yourself over to the 5% that actually take that information and go back and actually take the action and do something with it. And if it fails, they don't, they, it, you know, they don't get it right. Maybe change it up a little bit and try it again. Tweak but, it. But don't just go back, get in the normal routine of what you left because stuff piled up. That's the worst case scenario. And that's what the majority do. So if you just don't do that, you can start to move your, your business That's forward. correct. So I would say ambition without action is useless. So, hey, we agree on that, Lee. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Well, so I, I, I want to just say this, you know, and, and we'll go ahead and try and close this thing out a little bit. But a question I love to ask, especially somebody who's been tenured in the business like you, like you Lee, um, and haven't been through the blue dot days and all that stuff, <laughs> is um, I love this question. And I've really only started thinking about it maybe the last, like, say, year and a half. So I've been trying to make it a point to ask the right people that are on this podcast. I don't ask everybody, but I ask the right people. <laughs> and that is a, a question about legacy. So um, it seems weird to think about legacy at like our age, Michael, you know, because I mean, at 42, I, I've, I don't know that I've, I've, I have an idea of what I, I think I want it to be, um, but I'm not 100% sold on it. But I'm always curious to hear, like I've asked, you know, I've asked Ken, I've asked Goodrich, I've asked Haynes, I've asked Geiger, I've asked Leland, I've asked like, so so I love hearing everybody's answers. What do you want your legacy to be, Lee? What is Lee Rosenberg's legacy? That we built a company with a wonderful name, the brand, and known for honesty, integrity, and professionalism. So fair to say. And, and, And giving back to the industry. Love it. Reputation over revenue. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with profits. No, of course not. But I'm just saying, here's the way I look at that is I respect that very much. Um, I'm a big believer in that. I mean, think about 14 years in the same trade. I've had to really be careful of doing what's right, you know, and owning things that I don't get right because I'm a normal business owner too. But I've tried to, you know, think about this reputation over revenue model from this perspective. If I do, if I do what's right, 
I, I really focus on client fulfillment. I really focus on employee satisfaction. I, I equally treat them you know, the same. They're like one can't function without the other. And I pour my heart into this thing. I continue to give back, pour into them as human beings, like from the personal side of things. If I do that, my business will grow with a good reputation because right. the reputation is good and the revenue will follow. Right. And that's kind of the model that I've, that I've adopted. And, and maybe it's just for a phase of, of life. I don't know. To me, I don't seem like, it seems like that would never go away. But you talk about integrity. To me, that's like, well, of course, integrity. But I understand why you're saying that, because that is not the case for everybody. Who that is totally correct. Integrity. And I think we give back to the community, and the community knows that. Yep. And we serve on boards that are outside the industry as well as inside the industry. Yeah, so you don't just talk about it. You're actually doing it, and yep. that's a plus. Yep. And yep. you know what? What's great about that, too, is when you get into, you know, somebody maybe looking um, – whether it be in on the website or social or, or whatever, it might be social media or whatever. Um, those who might be looking for a place to work who aren't just thinking about the dollar are going to see the things that you guys are doing, the human being aspect of the business, the purpose behind the business. And that's it. And that that draws attention. Sure. It does. Absolutely. We've so, had people that have come to us and say, Hey, we, we uh, read your reviews, for example, and we've heard from other people like at trade schools that you guys are a good company to work for. And that makes me really proud. I love it. Well, guys, well, congratulations on the business. I, what's next for you guys? Like, is there, what is, what's on the, is it more of the same? Like, what's next for you guys? Just continue to build the business, um, continue to add good people, and, uh, and continue to have fun with it. That's really important to me is that, that we have fun, that we continue to enjoy what we're doing, and uh, that we continue our longevity with our, with our people. We have a lot of long-term people. And, and uh, to maintain a little bit of work-life balance there. Oh, absolutely. The boys. Oh, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get it. We I have mean, fun too. We, we travel and do fun things as well. Yeah. I see that. That's, pretty, that's fantastic. Yeah. My, I've seen my kids and I'm able to, that, that sounds really bad. I've been on the road for seven weeks. I've seen them like a few days here and there, but, mm. uh, but I was home for two years with COVID and that was like a pretty amazing time <laughs> to be able to see every single thing I wanted to see. It was so fantastic. Sure. Well, I just want to commend you guys, you know, on, on a great business, like a very respectful business. Um, and, and Lee, just the tenure you have in the industry and the heart to continue to give back, come and serve on like these boards and things like that. Um, I can tell that you love to do it just by the way that you respond and you react to things and kind of how you are with everybody, the things I've heard about you, you know, and, and then Michael, same with you. It's just been, you know, you and I hit it off like soup, like right away, you know, even then. So for me, it's equally as cool to see you guys sitting here and me doing a podcast with you all these years later. And, and so I, I'm grateful. So um, is this your first podcast? No, I've, I've done it before. Dang it. It's Is my it first. Your first podcast? Yeah, it's my first. Okay, perfect. I at least got one. Yeah. Sweet. Yes. Um, this is, this is, the, you, you're already at the pinnacle. You're at the top. It's only, you, uh, we got, we got no. more to grow, more, more to grow. <laughs> no, no, and more no. to I mean, of, of podcasts. Yeah. To be on, okay? Yeah. No, we appreciate you allowing us to be on your podcast. We um, do. We do appreciate it. We appreciate the partnership that we have. It's uh, been beneficial to both sides. Um, People ask me all the time. Most of my friends are retired from different being physicians or other businesses. And I said, as long as I have the passion, continue to have the passion that I do, I will keep going. And I think it's obvious we have the passion. I would say so, yes. Yep. And listen, keeps you young. <laughs> and I want to give you a, a quick plug. We were using a, a company for our SEO for years. And... Um, they just, they didn't do a good job. And when we switched over to, to Rhino, man, it was just like a light switch. It, uh, it really improved our, 
our uh, our leads, our internet leads. They I started flowing, so um, I appreciate you that. guys do a good job. No, I'm grateful. Thank you so and much. Your for people that. are great. So. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. Um, that's like the most rewarding thing to be able to hear because that's the only reason I'm in business <laughs> is to do just that. So, so thank you. And listeners, you know, um, I would bet you that uh, if you wanted to connect with either one of these guys, they'd be happy to maybe answer any questions Absolutely. if you want to do something sure. like that. What, what would be the best way for them to uh, to contact you? Or they can go through us too and we can make that connection. But if it's something where you want to just share like an email or or, a, or whatever, it, or you can have them go through me. I get it. Filtering it can be my, difficult. My email is michael at rosenberghvac.com. And Feel I'm, free to. And I'm Lee at rosenberghvac.com. Henry Victor Alpha Charlie, for those that don't know what HVAC is. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing that too. I would would guess that people are probably going to reach out to you. Most do. Um, You know, they reach out to somebody and ask questions. Probably going to be somebody in Texas, you know, but probably not in San Antonio, but maybe they are. You never know. You never know. But um, our listeners, you know, take them up on the offer, man. Everybody's willing to help. Like this is this is what's been great. Like I said, you know, this morning the trades really really showed up. You know, during COVID and everybody trying to help right. one another. And, and really, I'd seen some of that, but not to that level. So it was really kind of cool to see everyone come together and try and lift each other up and sharing information. Even people in the same market. Like it was a there's this like you know camaraderie that I just really loved to see. So. Um, I'm gonna finish this thing off with a review, like I always do. Um, this review is from Gamer One Gamer One for Life. Gamer One for Life. This was just left on March 18th. I hope I said that right. I probably could have totally butchered that. But anyway, it was five stars. I'm on a new level. It says nowadays you can find a limited amount of information, but sometimes the information will take you down a dark road of false beliefs and actions. Uh, Chris provides a solid hour of groundbreaking inspiration that you can apply in your everyday life, business, and career. Thank you for everything. So whoever that is, I appreciate you leaving that review. Thank you very much. And listen, uh, if you're listening to this particular podcast and you would like to leave a review for either one of our guests, like for something that they inspired you with or whatever, I love being able to get those and then share it with the guests as well. So, you know, if you don't know how to leave a review, scroll all the way to the bottom of the podcast where it says leave a review, click on it. But if you haven't subscribed to it, you got to subscribe to the podcast. That's pretty important. I always forget to say those things so that we can hear more uh, great information from guests like we have today. So Lee and Michael, I appreciate you guys both. Our listeners, I appreciate you so much. So until next time, no zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. If you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.